1: What up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. I am your host, Daniel Greer, and we are here recapping what happened with the draft, the good, the bad, the Anthony Melton part of it. Um, I don't know where you want to classify that, but we have with us Ryan. We did all of that draft prep, and neither of us had any of the guys, right? Like neither <laughs> one of us had those guys coming, you know, come off the board to the Grizzlies. Yeah. I mean,
2: we had two that we actually talked about and a third that we should have talked about. I just forgot to mention him in our uh, Vince Williams Jr. But it, there's text evidence from a couple weeks ago where I told you, man, I wish I should have I mentioned something about him uh, because he was my draft sleeper. So I'm sure we'll get to him individually. But yeah, we've been over a lot of guys, only <laughs> talked about two of them, really. Um and I think that's because the guy that we projected the Grizzlies to take, which I said on one of those pods, you're going to have to probably get up into the lottery. He went 12th. So yeah. our guy Grizzly. that we wanted went 12th, Jalen Williams, for the Grizzlies. And so Grizzlies aren't getting up from 23 to 12. Um, so the guy that we wanted went to 12. So was he a target if he wasn't 12th? Maybe. We'll never know. Maybe something will leak about that eventually. But uh, Grizz went up and got their guy. The guy we wanted went super high. So can't be too mad because Jalen Williams ended up being a very high pick. So,
1: Well, you say that the Grizzlies could not have got to 12, but I do remember something happening with the Charlotte Hornets at 13 when they uh, j- uh, drafted Jalen Duran. Um, I, I think that they didn't give up, you know, when they, when they got back in their uh, trade, I don't think it was a ton and they sent them to the Pistons, what the Pistons had to do in that kind of a three team trade and whatever happened there, they didn't have to do much. I think the only thing they did was I know they gave up. What was it like uh, they I'm not exactly sure what they gave up, but they all they did was took on Kimba Walker's contract and they were able to get 13, which is Jalen Durant. There was a weird trades that happened in this and then and we'll get into it later. What happened with the Grizzlies? And I am completely (laughs) torn on how I feel about this. There's two sides of thinking on this completely. Uh, But today we're going to give you completely the graph trades. Okay, I'm going to give you the grade on the guy, the player, but I want to get I also want to get the grade on the night. Like what exactly happened for each guy? And I have everything broken down. Let's go ahead and get into it now. As we have Jake LaRavia, he was picked at number 19. Right. So the Grizzlies gave up picks 22 and 29 to the Minnesota Timberwolves, to which do you know who they picked at 22 and 29? I 22. I mean,
2: just hearing that the Memphis Grizzlies select (laughs) Walker Kessler. I, even though we didn't have the pick almost sent me into a tailspin, uh, because just hearing that the Memphis Grizzlies select Walker Kessler, I was just like, Oh God. And then 29, I believe was tie tie. Right. Which was another target that I thought the Grizzlies would be interested in. So, um, I, I, I wanted to make fun of the Timberwolves so bad because their intentions is to play Carl Anthony Towns and Walker Kessler together, (laughs) Um, which is, what a joke. Like, seriously, come on. You're not Jared Allen. You're not Mobley. You're trying to do this big thing that you think is going to be popular. You're Carl Anthony Towns and Walker Kessler. What a joke. But it kind of broke my heart a little bit just to hear that the Memphis Grizzlies select. Walker Kessler (laughs) (laughs) but I also didn't feel great about our night that's why I didn't blast the Timberwolves for taking Walker Kessler because I'm still on the fence I don't know how you are uh but I'm you could talk me on either side I like you know one or two of the guys I'm still kind of curious why they did what they did
1: okay well let's go ahead and get into it uh Jake Laravia he was picked you know obviously like I just said Uh, being traded up to get at the 19th spot. Uh, Once again, the Grizzlies under King Kleiman, under Zach Kleiman. they are trading up to get a lot of their guys. And so they traded up three spots and gave up two draft picks to get there. Okay. So let's go ahead and hit the player first. Jake LaRavia, as a basketball player, as a draftee, What grade do you give the Grizzlies for getting him at pick 19? At pick 19, I'll give it a B
2: plus just because I do think he is going to be a like kick out shooter um, that may be able to attack. And his kind of forte is more of the mid range. So it's not we don't really have a mid-range guy, a mid-range pull-up guy. So he is kind of something that the Grizzlies don't have. Will he play right away? I don't know. Um I I, I definitely don't think he's the same pedigree as Zaire Williams was coming in. So to me with Jake LaRavia, it was always this is a destined role player. I just don't see a huge ceiling for him, where I think he's going to be, hey, he could crack your top six. I'm just not sure if he's that guy um, but I, I all of these picks, at least in the first round, these first round picks were analytics based' that's what these that's what these were, okay It wasn't because these guys had a crazy potential. The Grizzlies are just kind of in the mode of We'll take analytical guys that hit a few of our markers. These are guys we're going to target. Um, and they have to have the personality to fit. So both first round picks fit that. Now, it, when you kind of shoe your horn yourself into that kind of player, it's not necessarily that you're going to have a bust, but there is a ceiling. Um so I, I like David Roddy. I like Jake LaRavia. But to me, there is very obvious ceilings to both player. And that's why I kind of give it a B, B-plus for Jake LaRavia being at 19. We all thought that he could be in the early 20s. So I don't know who are they are outbidding. Were they outbidding the Denver Nuggets? Um, they just wanted their guy, apparently, and felt like he was going to be gone at 22. So. Um, I get it. If you like him, just get up and get him. Um, So I'm interested to see, to see what he'll actually contribute, but I think there is a very hard cap on what he's going to be.
1: Yeah, I can agree with the, uh, the ceiling part, the hard cap on that. Um, So my grade on draft night was probably a B uh, to the actual, you know, the player. Right. Uh, But then when you, look at it now and the time that I've had to go back and kind of watch some of the highlights and see the player he is uh, talk to his high school coach um, and kind of dig in a little bit about Jake LaRavia, the dude, the player, you know, who he is. I give it an A minus and not because the player has changed so much in my eyes. I understand the conviction and if they have conviction about a player that he fits a certain way, moving up, that really doesn't matter to me that much to go get somebody. So if you have conviction about somebody that fits your team, which I think he does 100%, um, and you can argue the fact that he would have been there at 22, I don't know if that actually would have happened. I, I think he would have been gone. I think there was a lot of uh, people and a lot of rumors probably that people would have got, you know, other teams would have grabbed him. So I will give it an A- minus now looking back on it. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and give uh, my opinion on how, you know, I guess it went down to actually go get him at pick 19. And I give that a B for the simple fact that I think you have to go get him. But from what was happening and the type of trades that were happening throughout the entire night, giving up two to go get one, when I think they thought 29 actually gives you an extra year because it's, you know, the 29th pick in the draft gives you an extra year, you know, right. So, you you know, of control for the player. Plus it actually, allows you to kind of grab a guy that's sliding. And usually that's that's where you're doing that at 29. The fact that they gave up 29 when they ended up drafting another guy at 23 that they could have easily got at 29, and I would believe that 100% out of 100 because I don't think anybody had David Roddy going the first round. I give that a B, right? Because there is no reason I think that they had to give up 29 to, to move up to 19 i just don't think so i, I just you know, you could you know prove me wrong uh but i think that they could have thought about it a different way i think they might have gotten spooked a little bit and they had to hurry up and jump up and find somebody that would actually trade with them because i think they were running out of time so uh what's your opinion on the actual draft like like what happened with the trade to go get to 19
2: yeah of course you know what, what they're going to say is we wanted to do this all along, right? Like right. this is our guy all along the whole process. And I think there's a reality to this, which no one's really mentioning is I think this draft class is actually probably going to be looked back as a bad draft. Mm-hmm. And if you find a decent role player out of this draft, especially in the mid to late teens and twenties, you've probably found gold in this draft, because I think eventually we're going to look back and, you know, not saying we're going to have a couple years from now, redraft and Jake LaRavia is going to be in the top five, not saying that at all. all right. um, but David Roddy, it, it's an interesting move because I don't understand the following moves when they did the two for one. I thought, OK, we, we talked about this. They're not going to roster. Eighteen people. Exactly. Um, we'll get down to two picks. Maybe they'll trade a second, whatever. We'll we'll have two guys fight. No, they got four. They got four <laughs> players out of this draft. Now I know two are in the second round, going to be on two ways, but they drafted four people. Um, and I have thoughts about Kennedy, why he was drafted, but um, David Roddy, by all accounts, unless it was someone like the Warriors or whatever. Um, we're going to take him in the first round. I, there's no, I don't think he was going till pick 40. He might've been there at 47. So I think wow. it's an interesting move because obviously the trade with D'Anthony Melton, it started all this rumors. I, I was confused by it. Why are you moving to Anthony Melton to pick David Roddy, a smaller forward? Um, To like to 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 have more money, I guess, so you can pay Tyus. But then hold on, we're going to trade back into the second round, and we're going to take Kennedy Chandler, which just doesn't make sense. And that's just not a fan. I'm just not a fan of that logic. Yeah. Um. So I I don't know if there's another move where they're going to let Tyus go and D'Anthony and Kyle Anderson, and maybe that money is going to be going for a free agent that we don't know about yet. Yeah. Um, so that to me is where I'm looking to, because if that is the case, then this all makes sense. If that isn't the case, and it's just, let's re-sign Tyus, none of this makes sense, uh, because it just doesn't make sense asset allocation-wise, because it's like, okay, you like Jake LaRavy, you traded two picks you got your guy great if you didn't have the intention of signing tyus jones then why are you trading back in to trade out the melton to take david roddy who would have been there with your 47th pick most likely um so i i don't really get it they're all saying this is what we wanted from the beginning you know every front office is going to say that they're not going to admit that they were they panicked they're not going to say oh we We thought the uh, Nuggets were going to take him at 21, so we panicked and moved up to 19. And we still love David Roddy, so, well, we got to get off my. No one's going to say that in the front office. Um, So, of course, they're going to give out this pitch that they, you know, this is what they wanted to do all along. I'm not really sure that's true, and I think we'll find out from free agency starting here in a couple days if, in fact, what their true intention was with all this stuff.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I agree. I think more will come out about it. And I think the, uh, the, the puzzle pieces, I think they'll all start to kind of come into, you know, alignment here soon um, as, you know, you know, what we will see with free agency. Um, But before we move on the next one, let's go ahead um, and let you hear a little bit more about Jake LaRavia, Uh, the player who he is. I think he is very intriguing. Uh, He's got a lot of, you know, I guess, you know, we'll call it white boy swagger a little bit like he has (laughs) a a little bit to him. He really does. And I what I've seen on him and heard so far, he is a guy who I really, you know, enjoy. And I think that, you know, a lot of the fans will really enjoy uh, watching over the years because he's a guy who he's a hard worker uh, and he's a guy who is going to try to get better each and every time. He is, you know, he's twenty point six years old, right? So, you know, he's almost going to be twenty one, a little after the season starts, or right when the season starts. Um, and so, you'll see the guy, I think, develop more. He was a late bloomer, uh, but I think he's a guy that um, has a lot of potential moving forward. He's six, 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 or six, almost six seven barefoot, um, and so he is a true guy. Like he's two twenty seven, and you know how many pounds he weighs. And so I think that he is only going to get bigger and better. Uh, and I think he's going to be a guy that we're all going to really enjoy. What I did is I went out and found um, his high school coach, Coach Al Gooden of Lawrence Central High School. And I had a chance to actually uh, meet with him and just kind of speak with him a little bit about Jake LaRavia, about how he was, who the player he is, and kind of what we're getting. Uh, so let's go ahead and go into that interview right now. All right, today we are here with the high school coach of Lawrence Central High School. He is the head coach of our Jake LaRavia here with the Memphis Grizzlies. He is Coach Al Gooden. What's up, Coach
0: Gooden? How are you doing, Mr. Greer? I'm fine.
1: I'm doing really good. It's a um, it's a fun time, and it's always a fun time for, um, for really just fans in general, uh, but it's always a good time here in Memphis because – Uh, We love our players and we love, you know, just kind of finding out more about them because uh, we did a full draft breakdown of a lot of stuff. And uh, Jake LaRavia, he was on one of our guys that we broke down, but we actually didn't go into too in depth because we didn't know that the Grizzlies were going to go that direction. And we didn't feel like they were going to go that direction. So uh, we're just learning about him just as all the other fans are. And he, he went to, obviously, Wake Forest, right? But he was only there for one year. So he wasn't on the big stage that long. And so let's ask you, who is the guy? Who is Jake?
0: Jake is a very competitive player. You know, he worked hard and he wants to be good. And, and that's what he set out to do is to be good is what he do.
1: Yeah, that's, so, yeah, that's the thing. So he is, he seems to be, and he kind of comes off as like the ultimate competitor. Uh, does he come off like that to you?
0: Yes. He always been, you know, a great competitor. You know, he, I say he worked to be good and he wants to be good and he go by there every day and, and he do what it takes to get there.
1: All right. So uh, this is kind of the, the, the funny question here. Um, so what we've heard so far, just in the, the small stuff that we've learned about, uh, Jake, um, was he a trash talker back in high school? No, no, no. He wasn't, he wasn't a tra- trash talker. Jake didn't talk trash. Really? So no. he's, so he talks, so he talked the other day that he, um, he loves kind of talking trash in a sense. So, mm-hmm. um, and we love that, uh, Memphis, if you know anything about the city, um, uh, we're very petty uh we're a bit uh we're petty fans we're petty people and so a trash talker such as like you know what kind of jaw is here and we you know obviously we try to take stuff with a grain of salt but we love a little mm. good trash talking uh and so i didn't know if he was like that all the way back then
0: no he wasn't much of a trash talk in high school no he wasn't
1: that's awesome well um All right, so anything crazy, any crazy high school stories uh, that you know about as in like, you know, maybe big games where he just was amazing uh, or anything else that just kind of jumps off the board uh, before we move into the college?
0: In high school, you know, Jake, um, he only started his senior year. But, you know, Jake grew three inches and gained about 30 pounds. Wow. Yeah, from high school to college. No, Jake is very young for his age. I don't know, you know, what how old he is or anything, but yeah. he's young for his age. That's why he, he matured into his body through college. But his junior year, he started some games for me. But you know, he won a regular start. And he had several games where he put together double doubles. And we know, hey, this kid gonna be good. We knew that. You know, he just was behind an all Mick player, you know, there was a senior in front of him. And Jake was patient, and I appreciate that with him. And he was patient and raised his turn. And when he got his turn, he made the best of it.
1: Yeah, that's what it seems to be is, you know, kind of he was a little bit of a late bloomer because obviously, uh, and we're going to get into this now, but he did two years at Indiana State. So he left mm-hmm. uh, there uh, with you and went did two seasons with uh, Indiana State where he had a you know pretty good two years, right? And then he went to Wake Forest. Um, how long and did you follow his entire, uh, I guess, college career just in the three seasons he played? Right.
0: Yeah, I did. You know, in the State is a uh, school here, in out State School. And yes, I followed his career a whole lot. You know, I, I you can get the stats and everything like that. <laughs> um, and when he went to Wake Forest, I, you know, I got a channel where I can watch all the ACAC games, you know, and, and which was good for me because DeAndre Davis played at Louisville. Hmm. And he was my ex-player, also. You know that was fun. And when Louisville played, for us, that was a you know a fun time for me watching that game.
1: Who is uh, the biggest player to come out of that high school, or Kyle maybe Guy. that you've coached?
0: Kyle Guy.
1: Kyle Guy, really? Okay. He was Mr. Basketball
0: in, in McDonald All-American.
1: Gotcha. Do you? Uh, so we obviously have uh, some Indiana ties on our you know team. Did you know anything about Desmond Bain uh, when he was there in that area?
0: Desmond Bain was on the NN All-Star with Kyle Guy. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, and um, Jerry Jackson was at a Park Tutor here in town, so his first couple of years, so I coached against him the first couple of years
1: Yeah, that's, before he left. That's awesome. Um, all right, well, let's talk about Jake's game a little bit. So um, a lot of people know, you know, he is, like you were talking about, he is young. Know, you I guess young for his age, he's 20, 20 years old, uh, roughly 20.6 years if people want to actually break it down. So he will be 21 uh, early into the season uh, in this next upcoming season. But uh, a little bit about his game, he, he looks to be, he has a shot, but he also can do a little bit of everything. How do you think his game translates to the NBA? And is there like a, a cer- certain skill that you think he'll lean on the most?
0: Uh, just Jake smart. Jake's a very smart person, and uh, he shoots it well. He's always shot it well, and he's a very good ball handler also. Okay, and I think where I think he improved the best is his defense and his passing. But he, he he helped on defense a whole lot. You know, i watched watching from Wake Forest, and he was a great helper, and, and he's able to pass the ball to it, especially in the open court bringing it out. He always couldn't handle the ball when he was younger coming up. You know, so right now, he's a great passer. He can pass that ball off the dribble and pass it off the hard post and pass it when he posts. He's just became a great passer.
1: Yeah. What I've seen more recently, and everybody has really talked about his, his shooting from deep, and that's really what mm-hmm. – uh, you know. that's the, the big thing, the three and D as what they look for in the NBA. I think that will be his calling, but I also have seen what he's really working on. And that has been his mid-range game. Uh, back to the basket, spin out of it, you know, different moves as that. Was he a guy who looked to get, you know, into, I guess, inside the three-point line and kind of get back to the basket type player? Or do you think he's just kind of – he just honestly just does everything?
0: i, I tell you fine funny sir. When, when uh, he was in high school, you know, we shoot, we do our shooting and everything. I won't let him shoot three-pointers to the end of, you know, our shooting, you know. And Jake always wanted to sneak back to that three-point line and shoot it, you know. So, know, since junior year, you know, he, I made Jake post up. And Jake got a great post up game. He do a great job in the post. You know, and as soon as I run him through the post a whole lot. Off that wing to the opposite side, to the post, and he made a living there.
1: Yeah, that's what he's showing. Uh, and I think it was Rafael Barlow, who uh, is a, a big scout with the NBA. Um, and kind of does a lot of the draft people, he was showing a a video where he was able to watch, you know, where he was working on his game. And it was that quick, you know, one, two dribble, pull up, one, two dribble, get to a different spot, back to the basket, Mm -hmm. spin out of that. Um, Do you have a player just, you know, off the cuff, and I didn't, you know, prep you on this at all, but um, is there a player that he kind of reminds you of that maybe you've seen or come across or even coached?
0: Oh, man, this – I mean, it's a cool. tough
1: one. Yeah, that's a tough one. He He's being compared to a – and I hate saying this because I think Lori Marketing is good, but a better Lori Marketing, a more consistent Lori Marketing. Um, but there's so many people. I just didn't know if there's something that popped off your head.
0: No, it, it's nothing that popped off the top of my head. You know, Jake's is a great shooter and everything. He do some good things. I know when he first came into Long Central, you know, the kids teasing about it, he had a haircut. He want to be like Kyle Guy. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, he had a cut, cut, like let and everything, but you know, no, this is not, not the top of my head. To pop. And say, a, Jake, reminds me of this player.
1: So off the court, how is Jake? Is he just a kind of a smooth, chill, you know, guy? Is he a quiet guy? Is he a jokester? What can we expect from a guy like Jake?
0: He's a smooth, chill person. You know, he, he got friends that he, know, he let his guard down with, you know, but, you know, around me and everything like that and other coaches, you know, he's a smooth chair person. You know, he talked with us and we, he joked with us, you know. But yeah. Jake is, 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 a, is a serious person.
1: Yeah, he seems to be that kind of a cool guy. You know, he's quiet, going to keep to himself unless he knows, you know, some people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But but on the court, he looks like he's just a kind of a savage. Mm-hmm. Like he turns, you know, he kind of flips the switch, as I say,
0: which is not bad. It's a good thing, you know, great. And, you know, that's just a competitor in Jake, you know, that's a good thing. You know, you're supposed to be a different person on the court, right?
1: Exactly. <laughs> I, that's how I was. And I will never, I was never at the highest of levels. Right. But, um, I was, I was a guy, I, I flipped the switch and, you know, off the court, chill, whatever we can hang out. Uh, I'm more mm-hmm. of a quiet person, uh, at times, but, uh, on the court, Man, I love, you know, talking a little trash. I and mean, I think he reminds me a little bit of myself where uh, he enjoys the trash talk, but it's, honestly it's not going to ever take him over and it's not going to be his thing. Um, <laughs> right. But, Coach Good, how long have you been there at Lawrence Central High School? Uh, eight years. Eight years. Uh, mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, has he been one of the better players to ever come out of the program? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, naturally, Jake. Jake have been. I mean, Jake is such a worker. Yeah. You know, he, 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 like he, he wants to be good. And he to uh, work to be good.
1: Yeah, and that's what we like here uh, in Memphis. It's very much a blue-collar city. Uh, guys that work hard do a lot of good things. Uh, and that's what he jumps off the page to me is he's a guy who's going to knock down shots. He's going to uh, do a lot of good things. But mostly, and, and the thing I've seen and all I've heard and everybody I've talked to so far He's a hard worker, and he's going to do whatever he has to do to be better and to be the best version of himself.
0: Yes, you're right. They hit it right on the head. They're jiggling
1: <laughs> Hey, that's the perfect way to end. So we're going to end on that. This is Coach Good with Lawrence Central High School. Coach, we can't thank you enough for coming on. We're learning so much about Jake. Uh, he was obviously the 19th overall pick uh, for us, and uh, we're, we're excited for the many, many, many years to come. And you know what? Maybe we'll keep going back to you, and we'll keep reaching out to Coach Gooden and then finding out a little bit more about Jake as we keep going.
0: But Thursday night, he had his draft party, and I was there, and hearing his name, yes, I got chills, too, and it was an exciting time because, you know, that's one of my players. Yeah. And somebody, you know, that came through the program and spent four years here. So, naturally, you know, we develop
1: a relationship, you know, and
0: it was an exciting time for me, too.
1: Is it that, uh, that proud papa moment?
0: Yeah, I was proud of him, and I told him that.
1: Yeah, you got to be proud of him, especially uh, it's like kind of seeing one of your kids, you know, even though he's not yours, but he still is. Right. Because your parents are, you know, they're, they're his parents are trusting uh, their son, you know, in his future with you, really, even at the high school level. Uh, and so it's got to be just that proud, of, proud moment.
0: Just one of the things I tell the parents in our parents, mean, you know, uh, I'm not their father or anything, but it's like a father-son relationship because 10 months out of the year, hey, I got their son. Right. You know, and, and I'm around nine months out of the year. He's in school. I see him for six hours. You know, he do something bad. Hey, I'm the first one to know. He does yeah. something good, you know. I'm the first one to know that too. So I know I'm on both sides. Like they are disciplined them and reward them when they do things.
1: Yeah, you can't have that any better, honestly. Uh Coach Couldn't we wish you the best of luck uh, at your future uh, endeavors in the future, many years to come. We'll be watching out. Uh, and as you'll you'll know that whenever a guy kind of comes to the Grizzlies, uh, the fan base completely gets, you know, they dig in and get behind them. Uh, they start following the high school, start following the college you came from, uh, and even the city, the state, and everything. So uh, I think you'll be surprised uh, that the love that Memphis really uh, kind of does and embraces uh, with the state of Indiana as well as, you know, y'all's high school.
0: They're good. I appreciate that. But, you know, I've been watching Memphis for a long time. Yeah, I know that, and, you know, so, you know, I've been watching them. So, from afar, but I'm a big Memphis fan now. Hey, I'm all in now.
1: Well, Coach, I can't wait for you to get down to a game. Um, and if you do, please let me know. I'd be more than happy. Uh, just go and shake your hand and meet you for the first time because uh, I'm excited about meeting uh, all of our guys and the, and the people that really made them who they are uh, and really the men and the women behind the scenes uh, to make our players who they are.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate that.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you, Coach. Thank you so much. Coach Al Gooden, he could not have been nicer, but that's enough about Jake LaRavia. Let's go into (laughs) David Roddy, right? We spent enough time on Jake. Let's talk about David. So we're going to go a little bit quicker now, even though David is another first-round guy. We've hit on him a little bit, so we're going to flow through the rest of this uh, pretty fast. But Jake LaRavia, 19, Okay. They traded two picks to get him. Now we're at 23, right? The next pick should be pick 47 for us, but no, the Grizzlies go and get pick 23. In the trade with the Philadelphia, Philadelphia 76ers, they bring back Danny Green, which we'll hit on that a little, little bit later on, but they send out DeAnthony Melton. Okay. So two things and go ahead and go Give me both grades. How do you feel about the player? at pick 23 and about the trade overall.
2: So give an individual grade for just the player, just the player was drafted with that. Okay.
1: He was at pick 23. So how do you feel about him at pick
2: 23? Him at pick twenty is a C um, because that's just way too for him. I don't care what they're saying about him. Um, I get it analytically talked about before, before the interview, like the anal it, this is the analytics guy. And there's just, it makes no sense at the value at 23 without knowing what was the real intention of moving off of D'Anthony Melton. So do you really value David Roddy if there's no other subsequent move, which everyone assumes is the Tyus Jones signing. If there's no subsequent move where you don't sign Tyus And you now you're getting you basically traded D'Anthony Melton for David Roddy. Does that make sense? Um, To me, it doesn't uh, I doesn't mean I don't like the player. I do like the player. I get it. Everyone's like, you just want a bunch of guys who can shoot dribble and pass. Um, I think this guy can shoot. I think he can pass. I'm just not sure he can really dribble. Uh, So I, I. I like two sport athletes and I believe he could have been a really good football player, uh, quarterback, if I remember right. So he's like, they say, got that vision. Um, so I think he'll be a really interesting player. It's just the ceiling of what is he going to be right? Like, is he going to be a better version of Xavier Tillman? Well, we know he's probably a little bit smaller but is are they looking for a version of Xavier Tillman who has kind of saved them in the Minnesota Timberwolves first-round series? They're looking for a, a version of Xavier Tillman who can also shoot because um, that's an interesting player, right? So it's probably not an every-night kind of guy, 82-game player, but it is a situational-type player. And I think that's how you kind of have to look at these two picks in the first round for the Grizzlies is it's more situational plug-and-play type guys instead of 82-game type guys. Um, So I like David Roddy as a player. The value at 23 is not great, giving up the Anthony Melton, but that's probably TBD because we don't know what they're really going to do with that money that they shaved off of trading Melton. Um, So that could change based on what actually the subsequent things that happen with free agency and what they're doing with ties. What about the actual trade? What grade do you give that? The actual trade. I'm going to stick with the same. Because I don't want to be too mean. Um, I I have always been, as you know, a lower, I I, I have valued Anthony Melton lower than most. Um, I don't think he's that great and that essential. And he's just a little too small. He falls asleep on defense. I get it. He's a good catch-and-shoot guy, 40-plus percent, I believe, on catch-and-shoot this year. Um, but he just disappears for huge stretches. He's good for two weeks, and he's terrible for a month and a half. So I, I get it. Um, he's a good player and will probably work really well in the Sixers but he's just going to have some awful runs and stretches where he just completely disappeared in the playoffs. So I, I I don't want to be too down on it because I'm not a huge fan of Melton to begin with. Uh, But I think it's just average C average.
1: Yeah, I will. uh, I'm going to be a little bland on that as well. I'm going to say C on uh, David Roddy at 23. Um, Him as a player. I think you hit the nail on the head, and I said this, uh, and if if you're listening and you missed it, um, we are trying to do a Grizz lead kind of roundtable on uh, Twitter spaces every Friday. I, I think we have uh, we did our first one at 3 o'clock last Friday, and we had uh, the guys come on there, and we had a chance to kind of just talk through things. Uh, some fans that were listening, they came up, asked some questions, uh, commented on some things, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, but I said in there that I like DeAnthony Melton. He's a good regular season player, but he kind of goes away in the postseason. Maybe finding somebody who actually is better situationally for you for important times that you need him in a game. Uh, somebody who is a player that he's okay. So he's little, he's right at 21 years old, right? He's only six, you know, six, four and a half uh, with, you know, barefoot, as you say, right? He's six, six with shoes. He weighs 260 pounds, right? So he's let's say 6'6 six, six with shoes. He has a six foot, 11 and a half foot wingspan, the highest standing reach of all the guys that were drafted. He has an eight foot, nine inch standing reach. So that just pretty much tells me that I feel that he can guard probably the the three, four. And I would say that he can even guard the five especially the way the fives are going into this league. He could probably with his girth, like his broad chest, I don't think he's getting back down. And if you want to shoot over him, I think that if you're seven foot or if you're six, five, six, six, I, I don't think it matters. If you're guarding one of these big centers, I think they're going to shoot over you no matter what. They're just probably not that good at shooting. And that's, you know, in all honesty, that's the way the league's going. So I'm okay. Going smaller, because this actually gives you more to help out Jaron Jackson Jr. This this guy, David Roddy, reminds me a lot of Steven Adams. He does a lot of the dirty work. He'll never get noticed. He'll never really be the player of the game, but he's a guy that you can count on and depend on, right? He's not the flashy guy. But I do think he's better than Xavier Tillman. I really do. I think he gives you more than what Xavier Tillman does. I think Xavier Tillman is that, That girlfriend who's a super nice, super sweet. She's always gonna be there. (laughs) Right. And there's just she's okay. Like, and that's okay to have that. But give me a little give me a little bit more. That's all I'm asking for. Give me a little bit more. All right. A little more wingspan. Yeah, a little more wingspan. A little more high. A little more wingspan (laughs) been great out of date, Roddy. But uh gentlemen, give me a little bit more. Um, so the the trade, this is the, this is what actually makes me mad. And I, and I know that there is potentially more to come. Right. And we don't know because with this, they could potentially open up 20 to $25 million in cap space to be able to go get somebody right. 20, $25 million. You might be able to go get somebody like Zach Levine. I'm not saying that's possible, but I just want people to understand this opens up a little bit that allows them to make more moves potentially as well as you could do a sign and trade and then you could somehow put somebody in there like Dylan. So then you have even more cap space. If you want to go get a Zach Levine and a Tyus Jones and bring both of those into the fold, if you send out Dylan Brooks with the cap space and all that kind of goodness. So I just want people to understand what could be, but as a whole, I'm giving, I'm giving this a D easily because like you said, you send out, a guy who's who makes a little bit over 8 million to bring back somebody who's going to be guaranteed now. And I'm and I'm hearing, and I don't know for true what exactly the guarantee money is gonna be that the Grizzlies have to pay. Can they stretch him? What can they actually do? Uh, is it the full 10 million that they have to pay of Danny Green's contract? If that's so, that I, I give him a F because you're sending you're getting back 10 million you're sending out eight and a half with a player and then you're bringing back David Roddy, who you're having to pay again because he's the first round guy. So that's even more money. So I would get, I, I don't want to get too much in the details. I just look at it as Dante Melton was really good. I think with how these trades went in the draft, what we've seen with Christian Wood, what we've seen uh with Jeremy Grant, I think we gave up a lot to just go up and move up to the 23rd spot. So I give it a D just because I don't know why in the world we did that, and I think we overpaid. Um, And if you had to say the 76ers, they get an A, the Grizzlies got a D. I think think that they lost this trade. All right. Mm. Those two guys are now gone off the board, right? So now we're on our way to pick 47. The Grizzlies are going to kind of hold to that. That'll give them their third player. They might come off of that. Maybe they got their two guys. But then Kennedy Chandler's there, and he's sitting there at pick 38. The Grizzlies trade with the San Antonio Spurs for a future second-round pick, okay, and cash. Sound, sounds good to me. So <laughs> they go up and get a guy, and Kenny Chandler, who I, who I love, but he's just so undersized, and he can't play with jaw. But 38? I kind of like that. Tell me what you're thinking about him at 38. I um I I don't know I don't
2: really <laughs> I don't really know what to say because I like Kennedy personally as a player I thought he raised the ceiling of that volunteer team who was like a throwback to the early nineties it was all big men and it was like just brute strength will be out physical be uh, more athletic than you. Um, And I thought he raised the level of that team. So I don't want to be down on the player. I do think the reality is, is I think the Memphis Grizzlies did Kennedy a favor because I don't, I don't think Kennedy gets drafted. Um, Doesn't get drafted. I think he doesn't get drafted. I, I, you look at the teams afterwards and a lot of priorities switch to stashing two-way guys because Steve mm. just couldn't afford players. You look at the spots and they shrink really quickly on who needs a backup point guard or projects to be a backup point guard. Not too many teams left in that draft after 38 would have needed a player like that would maybe have someone taken one just for fun of it. Maybe, um, like, would the Lakers have potentially tried to move back in to take Kennedy? I Probably not. But I think the Grizzlies did Kennedy a favor hmm. and drafting, because I think he was actually going to go undrafted now, just the way that it broke in the draft. Now, I can be wrong about that, but just go look at the picks afterwards, the remaining 21 picks, are, or actually, what, 19 picks? Since we didn't have a full 60, we only had 58. Um, go look at those 19 picks, take out the draft and stashes, uh, look at the teams, take out the teams that had no need for point guards whatsoever, and you're left with a very small number of teams. Um, So I think they did him a favor, bringing him back to Memphis. And this is what kind of really threw – I mean, already a wrench was thrown into my night with (laughs) taking Jake LaRavia at 19 and then taking – you know, David Roddy at 23 and shipping to Anthony Melton. But I said this before when we did the preview scouting report talking about Kennedy, if your intention is to draft Kennedy and um, get him ready, quote unquote, and re-sign Tyus Jones, that's just bad strategy. And it's stupid. Like, why would you hold a, like, I guess it's a two-way, probably doesn't ever matter, but, if your intention of moving into the draft, I get the second round pick, future round pick doesn't matter. That's why I think this was a favor done to Kennedy um, just because Jaw liked him. They played together in pickup, you know, you saw the highlights on Twitter that they had played pickup together. I think this was just a favor done by Jaw Morant for a kid that he liked him in, in Kennedy. And I hate to say it like that cuz he is a good player and I like him but I think that's the reality of what this situation is because it just makes no sense. If you're going to resign sign Tyus Jones, you're resigning for, what, four or five years? Three to four at minimum? You're telling me you're going to develop Kennedy Chandler for four years? Absolutely not. He's just going to be stuck in the G League. So this makes absolutely no sense. It makes more sense if you're not going to re-sign Tyus. No, um, then, disagree. disagree. Then then why are you trading d'anthony melton to get to shed salary uh that's why it's hard to do this without knowing what the free agency play is because i feel like like i said again there's a free agency play that we're not seeing yet um but i don't get the Kennedy the kennedy pick beside a a just doing like being nice
1: (laughs) yeah well i um I'll disagree with the Tyus Jones stuff with some fact that I think they can bring Tyus back on a one-year deal. I think that will be the kind of the the consensus in my, in my opinion um, mm. of what actually ends up happening. Um, and I would not, and I've said this many times, I, the Grizzlies are not likely to do this, but I think it would be a good gesture. I think it would be smart to guarantee that he comes by offering a one and one just like you know, teams offer usually LeBron, like the superstars, uh, especially back in the day, you give them one year, right? They sign, and then the next year it's a uh, player option, right? Or maybe it's a mutual option. For the simple fact that let's say that he does have an injury, having that player option would not completely take away his big payday because if you don't get your big payday and you end up going injured, you, you could have missed it completely. And so I don't think they want to sign him for four years. I really don't. Because, and I don't think is, you know, I don't think he'd get the money from Memphis for four years. I think it's really the one year, 18 million, maybe, uh, 15 to 18 million, I think you'd probably want. Um, and so, Woo-hoo. and you can pay him right now, right? <laughs> you can do that now if you want to. I don't know why you do that for a backup, but you could do that right now. Um, but I think that, you could do that for one year because you're not even, you're just paying Jaron at this point. Uh, so, but if you did that, that that there goes all your, your salary cap, right? There goes all your free agency money. So, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, if we had to give up D'Anthony Melton just to bring back Tyus, I, I don't understand because we could have brought back yes. Tyus without letting go of D'Anthony Melton. So, I agree. There's a lot <laughs> to unpack here. Um, yeah.
2: I, before you move on to other players, I do want to say that. Kennedy seems like insurance for Tyus leaving, Okay. Yes. And I I don't really understand why Tyus would want to do a one year, a one on one. To me, the Grizzlies would want to do a multi-year deal because he is an asset to where, you know, you don't have to do this all over again in a year or two. Then if he does say to the front office, okay, try, I, I'm, you know, I did it try to get me to a starter spot team, then they can actually use him as an asset. So I think the, the goal for the Grizzlies would to be a longer-term deal. Um, but Kennedy is just like, I guess, pure insurance yeah. for if Tyus takes some larger sheet that they just absolutely cannot match. Um, so that's, yeah.
1: You know, well, I, I honestly think that you do the one year, And that gives you a chance to develop Kenny Chandler a little bit, you know, a little bit more. Right. And then you have, you know, more years to be able to go find somebody in free agency. Um, you're, you're you're about to come off of Dylan Brooks's contract as well. Um, and so do they re-sign him? Maybe that makes room to re-sign Dylan. I don't know. Uh, that would be really weird to get off of Dan thing just to get, um, longer and many more years out (laughs) of Dylan. Um, (laughs) But I think that if you do the one year, it actually helps out ties because there's a lot of people in, uh, in teams right now that don't have the room to sign a starting point guard. Like the ideal spot, Minnesota, they have two point guards under contract. Um, you obviously probably wouldn't do the trade with them. You more than likely probably wouldn't do the sign trade unless they just want to offer something good uh, to get back in place of him. It isn't Patrick Beverly. So I would say that more than likely he signs the one year just so he can get his big payday in the next year and have a chance to go to these teams that might need a point guard the next year. So, uh, but that's all we have on Kenny Chan. I like the player. Um, I give it. I give it a B. Yeah. I think he's fine. There's nothing that jumps off the page. Um, what you had to give up, great. I would do that anytime. Sure. You can yeah. usually always buy a second round pick. So throw in a little cash. You know your your second pick. Which you know, with the trade, the trades they do, everybody always throws them the second round pick. So there's probably an extra second. It could be ours. It could be somebody else's. I don't know. But either way, enough about that. Pick 47, Vince Williams Jr. In my opinion, and this is just me, I think that they're probably trying to trade off of 47, and oh. he's just sitting there. Oh. Right. We we couldn't get off of him. Let's go ahead and get somebody. We're probably not going to re sign Tyrell Terry <laughs> to a two way. Um, you're not going to set Yeeze Pons. We're not going to sign him to another two way. Um, and so we will have room opening for another two way. And I wouldn't even doubt, don't doubt me, it could be even Kennedy Chandler and they could waive Vince Williams Jr., right? Hmm. That's potential. But more than likely, what happens is Kennedy Chandler's on the team, but Vince Williams actually gets that two way contract. What's your opinion? I know you like Vince Williams Jr., but what's your grade and what's your opinion on it? Uh, all that stuff
2: you said makes me sad because Vince, them drafting Vince Williams Jr. at 47 saved my night for the Grizzlies draft. Uh, because he is the sleeper of the draft, he will be the best of the four players that we took on draft night. Wow. He will. Um, I have no qualms saying that. Uh, so I was sad that you said that about they just took him because he was there. Um, because you want to talk about a guy that you want to take in the first round. I would take him at 23 instead of David Roddy. Um, I will say that right now because, I look, he could bust, absolutely. But you want to talk about analytics? There's a lot of analytics to him as an older player that project him as a very high-level role player. And I know everybody wants to make the easy comparison to Herb Jones. He's a much better shooter than Herb Jones, and he's still good defensively. And he's long and lanky, like Herb Jones. Now, he's probably a little more body to him, um, but he's just – I think he's going to be the best player from this class, taken at 47. And I think he contributes the most. Um, Very obvious role, spot up, catch and shoot. Um, I think he can attack a little bit off the dribble. I I think he's just a second-round version of Zaire Williams. And I would not be surprised if by midpoint or towards the end of the season, he was getting into rotation roles um, in the 8 to 10 range. Not saying he's going to be a 20-minute guy. Not saying that. But I do think he's another wing, catch-and-shoot wing, that is going to surprise people and will play, um, will take kind of minutes from you know, end of the bench, eight to 10 rotation, guys.
1: Uh, Ryan, what is your (laughs) Twitter account? Is it RD Meadows 11, I believe? RD Meadows 11. If you want to go check out more crazy talk, you can go check out (laughs) the Twitter account of Ryan at RD Meadows 11. I just wanted to share that for the simple fact that I didn't want you to think (laughs) it was me. Uh, I just want to make sure we're clear. Our voices could sound the same. I don't know, but I don't think so. But just to be safe. Um, Vince Williams, Jr. A lot of these guys, I was looking for player comps, right? And I found uh, finally somebody did some digging on him. And somebody uh, had a player comp for him. Do you want to give me who you think it could be or anybody that you think? You know, obviously the Herb Jones one. Um, Uh, Yeah. Is that the only one you can think of? (laughs) That's the only one that I've seen
2: them say from draft night. Um, So I'm sure this will be a really bad comp for. I I don't
1: even know what site you got this from, but all right. So this guy, he is 21.8 years old, so he's going to be 22 when the season starts. Um, He's six foot four and a half barefoot with shoes. He's six foot five and a half. Uh, 202 pounds, seven foot wingspan. He has the largest wingspan of the entire group that was uh, selected, uh, and he has a standing reach of eight foot seven inches. So he obviously is a little bit lanky, such as you know, like a Herb Jones, but kind of like a Najee Marshall. How do you feel about <laughs> Najee Marshall player comp? Um, you asked
2: the Pelicans actually like Najee Marshall if Najee Marshall had an actual shot. um okay so vince williams jr has an actual jumper so that's the biggest difference to me but i get the comparison
1: okay well that's where i i found um and that's i I searched for a while because it was tough to kind of find somebody who did a, a player comp on somebody who would be late second round right um but i like the guy and what he could bring he's a lefty um he does have you know the type of guy who does a lot on the court He's not a guy who's going to come on the court and just be a stick in the mud. And if you kind of look at this entire draft class, all of these guys work their tail off. So I don't know what they're going for, uh, but every player they drafted in college has a better three point percentage than DeAnthony Melton. They all. <laughs> kind of do a little bit of something on the court for Mr. Do something. And so I think that they went after height. They went after guys that who can help do the little things, the dirty things, because I think you got guys that are on your team like John Morant, who they have to protect a little bit with some size. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. who, I don't want to say diva, that's the wrong word, but somebody who kind of does what he does and he's good at it, right? He's a good three-point shooter. He's good at, you know, blocks, right? He's good at stocks. So putting somebody else, putting players around him that's good at rebounding, guys that get up and down the floor, floor spacing, there's a lot of different things. And so maybe that's the direction they're going is, you know, probably the analytics tell you, hey, go ahead and get these guys around you. Uh, because it helps, you know, create space. And so, um, I don't know a lot, not a lot about Vince Williams Jr., but if you like him, I like him. Um, I just don't know if you took a crazy pill because you said he's the best player <laughs> on the team uh, or in the no, in this draft on the team on the in draft. the draft
2: class. I'm yeah. telling you, when we start summer league here in a week or two, he's going to raise eyebrows, and people are like, "Oh crap, the Grizzlies did it again." Um, I'm just telling you, I I really think you're going to be pleasantly
1: surprised
2: with his ability.
1: Yeah. Um, We'll definitely get into a little bit more. I think it's next week that we're going to get into uh, uh, even more. Uh, Yeah, it is next Monday. We'll get into uh, a little bit more of the team and how they're constructed going into summer league. But you want to talk about a summer league team that to these guys are going to be so good as long as (laughs) Zaire can bounce the ball on the court and back up to his hand and not get it stolen because he's having to be the one that, that controls the ball. I think this thing would be really good. Um, a lot of people, you know, said they drafted the uh, security detail for job ja Morant, yes. um, And the last guy who went undrafted, who they've already signed to a two way deal. He has a player cop that I gave him of Zach Randolph. He is Kenneth. Lofton jr.
2: Yeah, we called that one. I called that one on
1: our wild card. Yeah, but they goes. going
2: dra- but they didn't actually draft him. So yeah, maybe exactly. it doesn't count.
1: How do you like the two way <laughs> signing of him? This will yeah. be our last thing.
2: Yeah, I like him because it's just an intriguing player, right? Like he does kind of the similar things that David Roddy does. The problem was always with him was, was he going to have a jump shot? So I think they actually drafted David Roddy because he showed that he has the ability to actually shoot. Kevin, Kenneth Lofton is more of a question mark, which is, I think, the only reason they didn't draft him or why he didn't get drafted in general. Yeah. Um, so he's an interesting player. I, I'm not sure what they're going to try to do to him because – or try to – as in, like, are they going to try to change his body type? I just – I don't really think that's going to happen. I think he's always going to be kind of this little bit pudgy, but a really good basketball player. So. I like the value as a two-way. I'm very interested in going to a couple hustle games this year (laughs) because our hustle team should be incredibly entertaining. So uh, shout out to them and what that potential roster is going to look like because if you've got a Roddy, Lofton, Vince Williams, Kennedy, um, I I just want to watch it so i i I like that it's kind of like they're trying to start a farm like a a legit farm system with their g league and whoever develops there pops on up and fits right in the forward spot maybe that's why we took four forwards this draft (laughs) and poor kennedy
1: yeah the smallest uh the little guy five eleven and a half without shoes wow wow um so kenneth lofton jr um, like I said, I, I comp him to Zach Randolph Jr. It, uh, Zach Randolph Jr. Zach Randolph. Um, <laughs> if you watch uh, Zach Randolph play, as, as most fans did, he's quick on his feet. He's nimble. You know, He's a little pudgy, a little bit, you know, not – he's he's built like a teddy bear, right? Um, and that's really what Kenneth Lofton Jr. is. He's a guy who is not the son of the great Cleveland Indian Kenny Lofton, right? It's not him. Okay, so – People confuse those two. That is not uh, his son. Um, he is a guy who's going to do a little bit of everything, like we said. But he's a guy that was the best player on the court, you know, when he played in FIBA with Chet, with Chet Holmgren. So I don't, I don't know what the uh, ceiling is for him, but I wouldn't doubt if they get him on a good diet plan and they get him kind of in really good shape. But he's always still going to be a little bit pudgy, right? But still, that's okay to be pudgy. It's all about basketball shape. There's completely two different things. He doesn't need to run a marathon. He just needs to be able to run up and down the court. So <laughs> I like Ken Lofton Jr. I think he's a guy who uh, is intriguing. And I think he was probably immediately uh, a phone call as soon as the draft ended or you know, midway through the draft. They're saying, hey, if you go undrafted, we are grabbing you 100%. So Uh, That was probably the easiest call they made the whole night. So, uh, Ryan, anything else you have before we get out of here? No, I wouldn't say it was
2: the funnest of nights, but it ended with a bang. So I'm happy that we got one guy that I was high on. So it it was overall a mediocre draft for me, for the Grizzlies. Um, But I'm I'm more interested by this free agency to see – if they laid the groundwork with the D'Anthony Melton trade and what's going to happen with Tyus, if they laid the groundwork for something that's just out of left field that we're not expecting. So that's what I'm most interested by coming up.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a lot to, uh, left to be desired right there in this draft class. But, um, you know, there's I don't know what you could expect. There's a lot of people that we really liked that just did not fall. Like when they went to go draft, even, you know, even at 19, I'm sitting there thinking like, who, do, who do I even want? Like <laughs> who is on the board still that I still want. And maybe that was the same thing, same thing with them. Like they were like, uh, we don't know who's left either. Right. There's not much left. Uh, but make sure you uh, stay tuned. We're going to have a lot more uh, stuff coming out. Uh, we did a lot of the past podcast breaking down a lot of players, uh, we had a chance to talk with Coach Gooden, If uh, you heard on this podcast. Uh, we're dealing with the Sleepers Media. We went live on Spotify Live. That's actually uploaded. Uh, the Twitter stuff, we're going to try to upload those maybe midweek so you can catch those shows uh, here on the podcast if you didn't have a chance to check it out live. Uh, but make sure you stay tuned because Summer League is coming very, very soon. Don't forget to check out that. The guys, they go on, I think it's the, the 5th of July. Yeah, 5th of July, they're actually going to go out to Utah. And they have three games, the 5th, 6th, and 7th in Utah. Uh, and I believe the 8th is the day uh, on Friday is their first game, I believe, out in Vegas. So make sure you stay tuned for that. We're going to be breaking down all of that. And I'm sorry to say, I'm not going to Summer League. I wanted to go. <laughs> but my wife kept asking, was that the guy who... Uh, did you need to draft to get to go to summer league? No, not
2: that one. <laughs> we missed him. He was there. Yeah. Could have been there two spots higher.
1: Yeah. But could have been there. Could have been there. All right. Well, that's all we have. Thank you so much uh, for joining us, Ryan, but thank you all for hanging out with us. Uh, the Grizz not on one podcast is going to keep on trucking all the way through summer league. Make sure you stay tuned. And as uh, we watched the movie this weekend to infinity and beyond maybe. All right. <laughs> That's all we have. Let's have a great week. Be nice and tell your friends.